good morning, City Light. Uh, man, like Doug said, things just keep happening around here, right? I don't know um, if you were here last week. If you were, you probably heard the news, the big news, that we're going to be one church in two locations. Just this last week, our friends at Sherwood Community Church, just across town, um, they unanimously approved uh, that they will indeed share their building with us. And so we're super excited about that. We think it's a big win for us, hopefully for them, and certainly for our city. And so there's lots of stuff going on, and it's exciting. Uh, What that means is, uh, starting February 19th, we'll have uh, our nine o'clock service right here in this room, in these chairs, and our 11 o'clock service um, over there in their building in their chairs. And we're really excited about that. We'll have more details as we kind of iron stuff out over the next couple weeks. Um, So watch for that. But right now, if you're sitting here, you still might be wondering, uh, it's not normal for two churches to meet in one building. Like churches don't just go to another church to have a service. That's kind of weird. Why would we do that? And that's a legit question. And as I've kind of processed a little bit, I'm I'm really grateful that this is happening as we're diving into the core values of our church. Um, Sometimes we describe our core values as the DNA of our church. And just like the DNA and the cells of our bodies, our core values are what makes us who we are. They shape our identity and our activity. Um, And so I think we make a move like going uh, to be one church in two locations because as a church, we value the mission of God. And so that's what I want to talk about today is out mission. What are we sent to do? Um, So let's do a quick review of our core values. How do we get to out? What are we talking about? Our core values, we use four words, right? To describe them, you know them by now. Down, up, in, and out. Down is the word that we use to talk about the gospel, the good news that Christ came down to us, that God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And that gospel forms us. And that's what we call up. It's our uh, response to the gospel. It's how the gospel shapes us and changes us and transforms us. We said it's better to be transformed by the gospel than to be conformed to the world. And so we're shaped by the gospel. We're formed by it. That's up. In is community. Um, The gospel forms each of us as individuals, but it also forms all of us as a people. We serve what we call a Trinitarian God. One God, three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so that Trinitarian God was in community. That community of God created a community of people to live in community with each other and him. The way Doug said it was we are uh, created by community for community, and we call that in. And so then today we're going to talk about number four, the last one. It's out. Out is mission. If you sit here today, it's very likely that you heard about City Light or Jesus 
or free donuts from somebody, right? Somebody told you. And so there's this kind of process that happens. Somebody knew about that. They knew the gospel and they were shaped by it. They decide their life changed because of it for the better. And because they found a savior to believe in, they connected to a body like this, the church. And once they found that savior to believe in, they found a family to belong to. And as that formed them and shaped them, they just got a desire. We want other people to know that and experience the same thing. That's out. That's mission. And as they share that, more people hear the gospel and are formed by it and shaped by it. They join community and then get sent out on mission. And when they go on mission to share the gospel, other people hear it. Do you see the cycle? It's a virtuous cycle. It means our core values complement each other. The more we value them, the more valuable they become to us. It is at the core of who we are, down, up, in and out, gospel, formation, community, and mission. So today we're going to talk about out, and I want to start off with a question. Have you ever been sent? Do you know what it's like to be sent? I'm going to be honest, um, I had a hard time coming up with a time that I felt like I was actually sent. Uh, but here's, uh, here's one. When I was a sophomore in high school, I went to a leadership conference at Iowa State University, and a lot of uh, students from my high school went. There were probably six of us or eight. I was the only guy, okay? So we go up to this leadership conference, and uh, one of the girls, um, she was a senior. She had a brother who lived in one of the frat houses on campus, and she thought, it'd be a good idea. Let's go visit him um, while we're here. And so everybody said, all right. So we pull our van up next to this frat house, and then all of a sudden, all of these high school girls decide that they're intimidated to go into a college fraternity house. And so this is the time before cell phones, and we were in a van, so there was no landline. And so somebody has to get out and go into the house to get uh, this guy. And so me being the only guy, I get nominated, right? Vote, it was a landslide victory. Eric, you get to go in. And so here I am, all five foot, 100 pounds of me as a sophomore. I was even scrawnier then. Okay, and I walk out of the van and I walk up to the door. I knock, no joke. This guy opens the door. He had to be like six, eight and he looks right over top of me. He doesn't even see me. And then he looks down and he goes, what's up, little guy? This is my life, all right? Um, What's up, little guy? And I said, hey, uh, we're here to see Eric Nelson. Is he around? He goes, Nelly? I don't know. I bet if we run through the house yelling Nelly, he'll respond. And I said, really? And his answer was a quick turn, and he took off. And so I tried to keep up. I ran through this frat house yelling Nelly. Eventually, we did find him. It all worked out. Mission accomplished, right? You can see why I'm kind of embarrassed to share my story being sent. This is the best I could do. Uh, I'm grateful, though, that God has bigger plans than that. Okay, we serve a God who sends us out. As a church, we value mission out. And so I want to start with this big idea. Okay, here it is. We are a sent people sent by a sent savior, all right? We are a sent people sent by a sent 
Savior. When we talk about out, we say that's mission. The Latin word for mission actually meant the act of sending. So when you were on a mission, inherently you had been sent. We are a sent people sent by a sent Savior. Throughout this series, uh, we've tried to make the point that we're not making these values up. We find them in Scripture. And so I want to dive into the Bible with you today. Will you look with me at the book of John? In this book, Jesus says at least 39 times that he is sent He is on a mission that the Father has sent him. He has a mission to accomplish over and over and over again. We're going to look at a couple of those times. John chapter 17, verse 18, Jesus says this. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Let's look at one more. John chapter 20, verse 21. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, even so I am sending you. You see what Jesus is saying here? In both verses, he tells us that he was sent and now he's sending us. In John chapter 17, this is just before Jesus is crucified. And he's praying to his father. And as he prays, he tells his father, Dad, you sent me here and I know that my time is short. It's almost done. I'm going to accomplish what you sent me to do. And just as you sent me after my work here is done, I will send our people in the same way. And so he prays to his father and he's telling him, I will accomplish the mission that you've given me. The second verse, John chapter 20, Jesus says, after he was crucified, he's already gone to the cross He's been in the tomb. His disciples are wondering, what happened? We were following this savior. He was gonna change the world, but now he died. What's going on? What comes next for us? Where do we go from here? And so they're confused. They're scared. And then all of a sudden, resurrected Jesus shows up among them. Can you imagine? This is the first time in the history of the world that the gospel in full power is being put on display for humanity to see. What God had promised for all of the Old Testament, for all of history, from the beginning of time, Adam and Eve got to hear the first pointing to the gospel until John the Baptist, Jesus himself declared the same thing. For all of history, things pointed to this event that Jesus would rise from the grave. And now it's happened. The disciples are wondering what's going on. And resurrected, Jesus appears to them. And on that moment, on the backside of the greatest event in the history of the world, what does Jesus say to them? This is a big, this is a big time for Jesus to speak. What did he say? He said, guys, my father sent me. Now it's your turn. I'm sending you. He didn't say, the work is now done. 
take a break. He didn't say, hey guys, I know I scared you a little bit, but I'm back, okay? I'm gonna get back to work. He didn't say any of that. He said, my father sent me. Now I am sending you. We are a sent people, sent by a sent savior. It is who we are as Christians. And so if you're a question asker like me, then you look at these verses and you see Jesus is saying, Father, as you sent me, so I'm sending them. You see him saying, as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. If you're a question asker, then you might be asking now, well, how was Jesus sent? How are we sent? What is the mission that he sends us on? And those are great questions. And so I want to spend the rest of our time there. How are we sent? Here's my outline. Go and gather. Today, I would say our mission is to go out and to gather. We go out and we gather people. Okay, let's start with go. We are a sent people who go. And I'll show you in scripture. So Doug read a passage from Matthew. It's a very well-known passage in scripture. It's called the Great Commission. This is another uh, statement Jesus made after he rose from the grave as the gospel is being declared for the first time. And this is how he started it. Matthew 28, verses 18 and the first word of 19. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me Go. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go. Jesus says, go. We're sent out. We oftentimes say that City Light is a church that gathers and scatters. We gather here on Sunday mornings, but we scatter throughout the week. That scatter is mission. We do that intentionally. That is a response to Jesus calling, his commanding, his telling us to go. And so we go. And City Light, you guys are doing this. All right, let me just tell you some stories of what's happening in our church. We have city groups that are partnering with local schools. They've done everything from cleaning the grounds to participating in after-school activities to donating coats so that kids who are cold get to stay warm in the winter. They're going out. We have another city group that actually met once at the Micah House, a shelter for um, women and children, men who need a place to stay. And they met there just so that those people could be exposed. And they're trying to figure out ways, how can we deepen this relationship in the future? What would it look like for us to be there regularly? They're going out. There's um, another city group that's partnering with a crisis pregnancy center that's trying to get uh, one to open up right here in Council Bluffs. And so they're working with them. They're networking. They're trying to clear the way so that that happens and our city is blessed by their organization. You know, our, our uh, City Light Club, our city group for kids, it started with eight or 10 junior and senior high kids from our church. About six of them are sitting in a row back there. We love that. But now there are 30 plus kids that come here every week. That means our kids are going 
out and inviting their friends, telling them about the gospel, and lives are being changed. People are coming. There are so many ways that we as a body are saying yes to Jesus' call to go. And so I want to ask you, if that's true of our church, we want to celebrate that. But this morning, I want to ask you personally, what, when is the last time you said yes to Jesus' instruction to go? When's the last time you said yes? Listen, as I was preparing for this message, I write that question and then I just got convicted, right? It cut to the heart. When's the last time I said yes to go? Hopefully it wasn't at Iowa State, you know, going up to a frat house. I don't know if that that was Jesus. I got to admit to you, I felt like Jesus is telling me to go. Ever since we started this church, I've told a lot of people, Doug, my wife, my city group, that I want to spend more time at the casino. I know that might sound strange coming from a pastor, but I don't want to go there to gamble. I've just felt like there are places in our city that are full of people who don't know Jesus. And I will never cross paths with them in the normal rhythms of my life. And so I've prayed, God, where would you have me go? Where could I go spend time with lost people? And over and over again, I just have the casino laid on my heart. I've told people I want to go there. And until this last week, I never had. And so I was pondering this question. When's the last time I said yes to go? I've said no a lot. And so I was getting ready to go type this sermon. And uh, I was driving to Starbucks. And I just thought, why on earth am I going to Starbucks? I bet the casinos sell hot tea and have Wi-Fi. I could just as easily go work there. And so I turned my car around. I drove into Ameristar. I walked in. They, see, they have a little cafe in the hallway called Bella's. And it's just across the hall from the entrance to the playing floor. And I sat down and their tea is cheaper than Starbucks and their Wi-Fi is just as good. And so I sat there. And I typed away and I had a conversation with my server and another gal who was working there. And there were a couple people sitting around me that I said hi to. Listen, nobody got saved. It wasn't revolutionary, but it was a beginning. And I'll be back, right? It was the first step for me saying yes to go. I have not done this well. I would ask you, when is the last time that you said yes to Jesus' call to go. City Light, we are a sent people, sent by a sent Savior. And when we're sent, we go, all right? Let's be a people who say yes. So number one, go. We go. Number two, um, you say, Eric, we're a sent people, sent by a sa- sent Savior, so we go. I get that, but what do we do when we go. What's the purpose? Um, I want to look again at scripture with you. When Jesus was sent, he went, and he went with a purpose. This is how Jesus described what he was sent to do in John chapter 10. He said this, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. 
I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus loved to use agricultural analogies and pictures. And in this one, he says he is the good shepherd. And then he describes how a good shepherd, his sheep know him and listen to him. They know his voice. And, you know, I, I always connect here because I have a grandpa and uh, he was a farmer. And I remember as a little kid, I would go out to his farm and I was always amazed at his relationship to his animals. You guys ever been on a farm, hanging out with a farmer? This is what happens, right? We would drive out in his truck, out to a field. We would walk slowly across the pasture and the cattle would all just turn and watch him. He just wondered what he was gonna do, what he was up to. And then he'd call out in this kind of calm voice, come here, girls, come on. And I was always surprised at their response. Every time those cows that just turned and looked at him, they would start walking to him. They would just follow us through the field. They'd stop what they were doing and do what he called them to do. Come here, girls, come on. And I remember being a little kid out in the field. I thought this was cool. Maybe I could call the cows, right? And so I asked my grandpa, can I try and call them? And of course, being a grandpa, he lets his grandkids do whatever they want. So he says, sure, go ahead. And so I shout, come here, girls. And they just stop. They froze, right? They wouldn't listen to me, but they listened to him. Why? Why? It's because they knew him. They knew his voice. They were familiar with him. They knew he cared for them and he fed them. They knew their farmer like a sheep knows their shepherd. Why didn't they listen to me? They had no idea who I was. They weren't familiar with my voice. So when I called, they froze. Whenever I read this passage in John, this is what I think of. If you've had an experience like that, you know what, it, what it's like A sheep knows its shepherd. And Jesus is saying, I am a good shepherd and I have sheep and I love them and I would lay down my life for them. And that's good news for those of us who are in his flock. But he doesn't stop there, does he? He went on and he said, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. Jesus was sent to bring more sheep into the fold. He was sent to gather sheep into the fold so that there's one flock. We're sent with the same mission. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. That's what Jesus was sent to do. Look with me again at the Great Commission. This is what Jesus tells us to do. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Jesus says, go make disciples. Go make disciples. We are told to go. We are sent with A mission, a mission to make disciples. What does that mean? Disciples are just followers of Jesus. 
They're the people who know him and listen to his voice. They're the people whose identity gets caught up in his identity. They're one of his sheep. Jesus was sent to bring more sheep into the fold, and that's what making disciples is all about. There are people who don't know him that he wants to know him. And so we're sent with the same purpose that Jesus was sent with. We go make disciples. Now, this is what I think is really cool about our core values, because this is the point where it comes full circle. Okay, I talked about it earlier. Track with me for a minute. We are sent to make disciples by sharing the good news of the gospel. That's down. We know the gospel, what Jesus has done for us. We go out in the world and we teach that message. And for those who listen, they're changed by it. That's up. They respond to it. Jesus says there are sheep who are not of this fold. They will listen to my voice. Some will respond and they're changed. The Great Commission tells us what changes should happen. Go baptize and teach. Here at City Light, in our short life, we've baptized 14 people. Lives are being changed by the gospel. This happens. It's a real thing. We gather on Sundays and we scatter throughout the week in part so that we get to teach each other what we're learning about Jesus. We get to remind each other what the gospel is doing to change us. We are, in fact, teaching each other to obey and observe the commands of Jesus. That's what the Great Commission tells us to do. And we do that in community. We do it together as a family. That's in, right? And as we're shaped into that, you can't help but see what Jesus is calling us to do. You can't help but long for more people to experience the same saving grace that you have. And so the gospel compels us to go on mission. When we do that, we start the cycle all over again. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So if someone were to ask us, what is the mission of City Light Church? What mission are you on? This is how we say it. Our mission is to multiply disciples and churches. Very simply, we multiply disciples and churches. We want to take the good news of the gospel out into the world to make disciples who will be part of churches that make more disciples and plant more churches. That's what we're about. So I get to this point in the sermon, and I would imagine that hopefully most of you would say, I get that. That sounds like a good mission statement. I see the core values and how they kind of work together. It all sounds good. But if we're honest for a moment, we can admit that the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ, that is not highly valued by the culture around us, is it? We can say this is our mission when we sit in these walls and we can all agree, that's great, let's go do it. But when we go out those doors, there's all kinds of hurdles to jump and barriers to navigate. There's all kinds of um, pressure not to do that because the world doesn't value it. I would say that at best, the world might say, what you believe is a personal issue that should stay personal. Just keep it personal. At best, the world says, yeah, go ahead and believe that if you want. Just don't force it on me. At worst, you'll find outright opposition to Jesus. That is old. That's antiquated. That's not good. You should not make disciples of Jesus. It's a bad thing. At worst, they say, just keep it to yourself. At best, they say, keep it to yourself. At worst, they say, stop it altogether. And so what do we do? Um, I'll tell you, I've been pondering this. How do I go out 
all week, and it's changing my schedule. Um, so I went to Ameristar. I also had this uh, opportunity to go to a startup collaborative launch event. Okay, in my old job, I worked with startup companies a lot. In this past week, um, there's this new thing called the Startup Collaborative, and they want to start 100 new companies in our metro area this year. So it's this big deal. They invited all kinds of people, and I got an invite, so I thought, well, I'll go. I can go out to that thing. Uh, Let me tell you, startup events, entrepreneurs, they're crazy. Those people are networking always, and they're always selling, and they love talking about their new venture, and oftentimes, they're actually pretty excited to hear about yours, and so they're talking to each other. It's just packed like sardines, and I'm trying to see over people where I'm going, and and everybody starts asking, you know, hey, what do you do? And so I just respond truthfully. Well, I used to be, you know, connected to uh, the startup uh, world. And then um, I went and started a church in Council Bluffs. And uh, it's actually, it's going really well. It's growing. People are getting baptized. They're joining small groups. We call them city groups. Um, we're getting ready to expand to two locations. Um, it's, it's pretty awesome, actually, to see what God is doing. It was so interesting to see how people responded. You talk about church and Jesus. You talk about the growth of the church in a startup world. It's really crazy to see how people respond. A lot of people were like, wow, that's great. They're super encouraging. Keep up the good work, but not everybody. All right, there was one guy who I used to work with and he walked up and he said, hey, Eric, so how are things going at, at uh, the... I mean, how's it going with your, the new, you know, what you're doing now? And I said, the church? It's going great. And just as I started saying that, he jumps in and it gets awkward. I knew it was a church. I can say church. That's not a bad thing, you know? Uh, I just didn't know how to talk about it or if that's what I'm supposed to say, right? Like, it just got really awkward. He's not used to talking about Jesus, The church, he kind of clammed up. It got weird really fast. I love that guy, but it was weird to talk to him about Jesus, right? Not, that wasn't the only experience. I talked to another guy and he said, hey, Eric, what do you do? Hey, I started a church in Council Bluffs. Um, It's going great. Jesus is moving. He immediately stopped talking to me. Like quit talking, looked away. Shortly after that, just walked away. He checked out. I don't know what his past holds. I don't know what his experience with the church is. So I'm not here to judge. But what I do know is that as soon as I brought up the name of Jesus, he just checked out. The reality is the world around us is not all on board with making disciples. They are not, they don't highly value talking about him, sharing the good news of the gospel. It's human nature to fear opposition and rejection. And the reality is, if we're going to value going on this mission to make disciples, we have to be ready to encounter opposition and rejection. But let me give you some encouragement. Um, Let me tell you what Jesus told the disciples at the end of the Great Commission. He said this, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
Jesus says, go make disciples. He sends us, but he doesn't send us alone. He says, your mission is my mission. I am with you. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. They will listen to my voice. I am in this with you. I am with you and I am for you. I will not leave you alone. I am with you always. Wherever you go, whenever you go, to whomever you go, I am with you. You, some people will reject us and they'll reject the gospel of Jesus Christ, but others will listen and respond and their lives will be changed forever. This is not a new mission. Jesus isn't sending us out into a world who's never heard this. He's not giving us a mission that nobody else has ever done. He's saying, as the father sent me, so I send you. We are riding a wave that Jesus has been building for centuries, for thousands of years. We're stepping into waters that people for hundreds of years have stepped into before us. It is not without fear. There's not without opposition, but it's not without precedent that people go and they gather and people get saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christian, take heart. Jesus is with us. We are sent on a mission by the Savior who was sent on the same mission. We are to be about the work that Jesus was about when he walked this earth. Are you on board with that? Can you do that? Here's the mission. We are a sent people sent by a sent Savior. We go and we gather so that we can multiply disciples and churches. Our very name is City Light. We named our church that so that we're always reminded that we are to be about taking the light of Jesus into the darkest parts of our city. May that always mark us as a people. May we be a faith-filled, risk-taking, darkness-seeing, light-shining people who are on a mission to make the name of Jesus glorified here in our city and in our world. Can you get on that mission with me? Our core value is out. We say it's mission. Let's value that together.